Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 189 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and this week we're talking about the other show that has Joel, Mike, and two robots. I mean, human people, like myself and Patrick, (laughs) who are definitely human people with interests such as pooping and pornography. Totally not robots. Beep, boop. (laughs) Yes, this week we're doing... Mystery Science Theater, um, something that we've been – I did not realize it went back as far as it did back to 1988. So that's kind of trippy to me. But, yeah, we got our Joel on. we got our Mike on. we got our uh, Dr. Um, Forrester and TV's Frank we're going to be talking about today. Hi, call Tom Servo. I call Mike. I'm going to be Joel, I guess. Uh, yeah, which, which I guess makes Patrick Crow by default. Or he could he could be. I think we do that from the beginning anyway. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Were you saying, Joel? I didn't say anything. That's what I thought. Cambot. Ooh, Joel's Cambot or past Cambot. I don't want to be Cambot. Uh, if you don't want to be Cambot, <laughs> I got nothing, guys. You leave me. Uh, you instead just check out the podcast collective, where you can find such shows as On the Block. The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, I Am Salt Lake, the Portland Beer Club Podcast, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. I try to mix it up every week, but I'm afraid that I'm repeating. I was just about to say, like, you say the same shows every time, just about. Yeah. It's like your eyes are automatically drawn to certain shows. I beg to differ. He's like, he's like, Bad Parenting Podcast. One, two. I don't usually go to Coffin Joe or Sunshine Happy Pants, so I knew that one was safe. You cool. never say 40 going on 14. Should we well, tell him? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking for some of that radio hour, <laughs> yeah, 40 going on 14's older stuff, you can find it on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. Or if we are around on Saturday, 12 noon on Saturday, you will hear our most recent show. Nice. You didn't say live this week. I know. So, and if you also hey, if, if uh, want to give us a little feedback, want to talk to us about our show, anything you want, any ideas, then uh, call us at 708-669-9727. That's a wrap. Do we have any voicemails? Not this week. Not this Boo. week? Boo to the masses. Uh, any emails? Curse you, masses. Curse you, masses. I have been told. That's cool. What? What? Bunch of jerks, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, we did get a Facebook a series of Facebook messages. I, I was chatting with uh, our friend David Schollenberger. Oh yeah, he said I was actually looking. At, he had said that he was going to email. He didn't. Curse you, David, yeah. in your balloony ways. Yeah, he had uh, a couple suggestions, and I'm just trying to find the button to look at the uh, messages on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, yeah, he was talking about uh, a couple quick suggestions for shows. He uh, Adam Twelve for then and now, which I am. Uh, Is there a lot familiar with? I, I don't know. Apparently, yeah. Well, it has to be good. Huh. If we've heard so much about it. So that yeah, that's a possibility. And he also wanted to make sure that uh, uh, we had uh, one of us had heard of or played Atmosphere, the board game, which I actually own. It was a horror themed uh, VHS game. You know, I have not. I, I have the oh, DVD edition. I remember that. Yeah, but I never got around to playing it. It's it's around here somewhere. I think I got it from maybe doing. Uh, Gen Con auction, and it was missing pieces. Oh, okay. 
there's usually like at least four of those on sale every year. Like the, yeah, it's, it's missing the tape. That's all though. It's missing mm-hmm. the game. <laughs> Only missing everything. Wait, just what's missing Adam the box. <laughs> He's gonna zip like bag full of all this stuff. What's Adam Twelve? Yeah, that's a cop show from back in the day. And it's on now. Uh, 1968 to 1975. I am not actually seeing a uh, a remake. Maybe he was thinking of Chips, because I think Chips is coming out. Soon. Chips just yeah. came out as a movie, yeah. He must have. Maybe That's Adam was in the works. He no. corrected us on something, and he's wrong now, so we're No, it was remade, but it was Damn remade it. in 1990. Oh, so it doesn't... Technically, he's wrong, and that's the best kind of wrong. Yeah, the original was before... I was born, not quite before you guys were born. I don't know. The tabs on your browser are all Shut kinds up. of wrong. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, I, I was waiting. waiting oh, yeah, I was waiting I for Mike to ask if it was about that time, but it was. It was about that time, but I faded away. <laughs> that time has than... passed. We can't go to the tween now. It, it's not as good yeah. as burning out, but oh. yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's about that time, but we can't do the theme song, so I'll just go, music! <laughs> TV! And sports! Da-da-da-da-da-da. There we go. All right, welcome to This Weekend. <laughs> we'll um, fix it in post. No, no, we won't. <laughs> Stop saying that. Um, this November 24th, 1988, the episode was The Green Slime. It was the first one. episode of, yeah, of uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. All right. Music. Feathered Hair reigns supreme as Bon Jovi's Bad Medicine is the number one song. Fresh off the release of their album New Jersey earlier in the week. It was a different time with the acronym of the week. B-I-L-Y-W-F-M. Which, of course, is Boy, I Love Your Wife's Fuzzy Muffin. (laughs) (laughs) New tab. Um, I forgot what it was. <laughs> Maybe I love your way, but I don't know what the FM is. Oh, FM is the uh, fr- uh, Freebird medley. Oh, okay. Coming in at yeah. number two. Yeah, that was a weird was little collage mishmash song. Who did that? Maybe I love your way? The the rehash yeah. thing. that. Was... Oh, Adam 12. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. All right. On November 24th, rock legend Chuck Berry paid a plea bargain fine of $250 in New York for a crime he committed the previous year. When he purchased his then-girlfriend... No. Oh, wait, no. Punch. <laughs> punch. Punch. Doesn't make it know. any better, but it's a different I don't know word. Which one's worse. <laughs> he did totally. not purchase her. <laughs> uh, he punched his then-girlfriend in the mouth outside of a hotel while having a dis- domestic dispute shortly after purchasing her. <laughs> And he couldn't return her because she was damaged. <laughs> there you go. On September 24th, James Brown faces a variety of charges after leading police on an interstate chase after reportedly breaking into a seminar in a building he owned an office in, waving a gun and demanding to know who had used his restrooms. <laughs> Earlier in the year, Brown had been arrested on drug and firearm-related charges. Somehow I think that's all related. Yes. Jump back. Who pissed themselves? James Brown ah. or Chuck Berry ever? James Brown, Chuck Berry ever hang out? <laughs> Purchasing girlfriends, shooting <laughs> guns, using bathrooms. Watching Adam 12. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on to movies. A Fish Called Wanda was the number one movie in the land after 10 weeks in release due to good word of mouth reviews. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember I seeing a lot of movie. trailers for it. I love that movie. So good. You know the whole the whole scene where um, John Cleese is jumping around naked while he's reading off the French? Yes. That entire scene was actually supposedly supposed to have gone to um, what's-her-name? Who's the female lead in that one? It was for, Jamie Lee Curtis was supposed to have been the naked one in that one, in that scene, while he was reading that off. And John Cleese came to the director and was like, I think it would be funnier if it was me. <laughs> And he was right. Yes, because <laughs> that that movie makes me laugh every single time I watch. I wear it. I watch it. <laughs> Not wear it. I watch it. <laughs> Kill me. Oh, 
I'm I think he was sorry. right. I apologize. I was just... <laughs> you know oh, where you all crap. be if it wasn't for us? <laughs> the smallest freaking providence in Germany. You'd, you'd all be speaking German right now. That's a great movie. I just looked at the rest of the section, which is a long essay on John Carradine. Yes. <laughs> so let's get it going. John Carradine, born Richmond Reed Carradine, was an American actor best known for his roles in horror films, westerns, and Shakespearean theater. A member of Cecil B. DeMille's stock company and later John Ford's company, he was one of the most prolific character actors in Hollywood history, who was married four times, had five children, and was the patriarch of the Carradine family, including four of his sons and four of his grandchildren, who are or were also actors. Carradine suffered from painful and crippling rheumatoid arthritis before he died from multiple organ failure at Fate Benefratelli Hospital in Milan, Italy, on November 27th, 1988. Hours before he was stricken, he had climbed the 328 steep steps of Milan's Gothic Cathedral, the Duomo. What was that TV show he was in with all the kung fu? Oh, that was one of his sons. <laughs> Multiple oh, organ was... failure. That's the autobiography of the Catholic Church, isn't it? The autobiography of Adam 12? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> We're just going to let you hang there, I think. <laughs> and you are on your own. All right, so TV. The top shows are currently, or were then, sorry, not currently, The Cosby Show. I went to a time warp there. Roseanne, A Different World, and Cheers. Standard. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Mixed, take the there's like, I mean this entire like time you can take like five six maybe even eight years throw ten shows in a bucket shake them up and you got the top shows of the week for that uh, for that whole time. Yep. Uh, before Matt Damon took on the role, the first Jason Bourne movie was released, a 1988 made-for-TV adaptation of The Bourne Identity, starring Richard Chamberlain as the title character. That's gotta be awful. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you guys have read the books, the first one is just enough different that you could see why by the time they got to the second film, they just had to ignore the books because they made a small but crucial deviation in the first book that made it so the second book couldn't have been made into a movie that shared anything but the title. What was the deviation? It's been years since I've read them. I, I, if I remember read right, the book. it was all uh, Cold War era stuff, though. I still can't see Richard Chamberlain, but that's the character's been established now as Matt Damon. And thank you for reading it. That's the way I intended it to be read. <laughs> well, yeah, and the original character is much more like something out of a Tom Clancy novel. Hmm. So everybody has to start somewhere as Quentin Tarantino takes a turn at acting as an Elvis impersonator with no shoes on in an episode of Golden Girls titled Sophia's Wedding Part 1. You just know that he had no shoes I've never seen you ever I'm just it? assuming. He, either him or Sophia. No, it would have him or Sophia had no shoes on. Yeah, yeah, had to not, not wear shoes. I guess. Well, no, I think it was if it, any of them it would be Blanche. Was Mike about to say he'd never seen the Golden Girls? No, I was going to say I've never seen that Golden Girls episode. Oh, okay. Oh. I was just going to be like, who are you? He's, no, I've, he's, yeah. I've never seen a I've never seen a full episode of the Golden Girls. I don't like that show. I don't think Mike? it's good. I don't know you anymore. I, I mean, I've seen excerpts and stuff, but I've never seen a full episode. I mean, it's not great, but it's classic TV. I mean, I don't find I don't I don't find um old oh people God, funny. Hmm? Betty Page. No, the old oldest lady, the mother on the show. Estelle. Estelle Getty. I don't find her funny at all. Blanche annoys the crap out of me. Um, I've never really been a big fan of B. Arthur. Um, the first time she ever really made me laugh was at that roast she was at for Pamela Anderson. So it's just, and I I love Betty White, but she's the only one of the four that I care about. Hey Pat, ready for me to blow your mind? Estelle Getty played the oldest character, but she was the youngest of the four, if I remember right. Seriously? She certainly wasn't the oldest. Yep. She may not have been the youngest, but... Hey, Pat, have you ever seen Adam-12? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Was Estelle Getty in that? She was. She played Adam-11. It was <laughs> It was a TV show based, based off the movie Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Uh, so Tasman... Tamsin, Tamsin, Tamsin Egerton was born November 26th and is an English actress and model best known for her roles as Chelsea Parker in the St. Trinians. Best known for that? I don't know. I didn't write it. St. Trinians, Holly, Go Holly Goodfellow in Keeping Mum and Guinevere in the 2011 TV series Camelot. 
So this is going to lead into cricket, apparently. Okay, so Estelle Getty update. I fact-checked uh -oh. myself. Uh, she was younger than B. Arthur, but Rue McClanahan was younger than Estelle Getty. Oh. This has been your Golden Girls update. <laughs> and none of them are Betty White. Who is Betty White? And that's about it. That's where that list ends. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, sports. Born November 19th, Patrick Kane is an NHL right winger for the Chicago Blackhawks, drafted with the first overall pick in the 2007 NHL draft. Kane also represented the United States at the 2010 and 2014 Winter Olympics. He has won three Stanley Cups as a member of the Blackhawks in 2010, 2013, and 2015. Kane won the Most Valuable Player Award and was the scoring champion in the 2015-2016 NHL season. And I'm sure all three of you know who he is. Or not. I'm still reading interesting facts about Estelle Getty. <laughs> that shouldn't take you that long. You Read us another one, Josh. I want to know more. Player on the Chicago Blackhawks, and you guys don't know who he is? I don't know anything about the Blackhawks. Wow. All right. Well, soccer, right? I think you're a racist. No, I, I know who Kaner is. I was literally reading about Estelle Getty. It, she cannot be that interesting. You know, Give me she, another she, Getty fact. She suffered from stage fright. Really? She sucked. She should suffer. Wow. That's kind of harsh, dude. I was thinking <laughs> that, too. <laughs> like... Do you not yeah. know me? Apparently, she felt like a fraud and was uh, terrified that the fans would find out that she wasn't as good as her co-stars. Well, I mean, she was right. Betty White is rolling over in her grave right now, Pat. Oh, my God. Don't you kill Betty White. <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, let's check it out. Is Betty White dead? <laughs> oh, just now. Way to yep. go, Joel. <laughs> no, she's Don't dead. Kill her. her last words were, damn you, Joel. But that was probably planned anyway. If that's true. That would really raise my street cred. <laughs> All right. Tell me Wayne, more about sports. Wayne Gretzky scores his 600th. 600th. Now, why is it so hard to say for me? 600th NHL goal. Fix that in post, would you? No. On November 23rd. All right. Here's the fun one. This is going to be a long paragraph. All right. Philip Hughes, Australian Test and One Day International, or ODI, so now we know, One Day International, cricketer, nicknamed Hughesy, Little Don, and Hugh Dog, was born November 30th. He played domestic cricket for South Australia and Worcestershire. He was a left-handed opening batsman who played for two seasons with New South Wales before making his test debut in 2009 at the age of 20. Hughes scored his first test century in March 2009 in his second test match for Australia, opening the batting and hitting 115 in the first innings against South Africa in Dunban, Durban. Sorry. This made Hughes Australia's youngest test centurion since the famous Doug Walters in 1965. What? It's always the name of Doug Walters. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Wait, or centurion? What, wait, wait, wait. Why do they call him a centurion? Because he hit a he hit for a hundred. Oh, okay. I I'm never sure what the hell. I mean, I mean, he could have he could have led a hundred men. You never know. Well, let me let me clear it up in this next sentence. Okay. <laughs> in the second innings of the same match, Hughes scored one sixty, becoming the youngest cricketer to in history to score centuries in both innings of a Test match. See, now you know. There you go. <laughs> and knowing is half the battle. Uh, um, unless you're a cricketer. Adam 12. <laughs> Jesus. He became the first Australian batsman to score a century on debut, a feat which he achieved against Sri Lanka in Melbourne. On November 25th, Hughes was hit in the neck by a bouncer during a match. Not like a guy not letting people in, like a bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> the bouncer is a type of pitch, you know, where it hits the ground, bounces up. <laughs> I just have this vision of this guy with like the hot, hot the hot dog, the bald guy with the hot dog neck comes out and just punches him in the throat. <laughs> like, you Who don't is that guy? Followed by Chuck Berry. He was <laughs> in my Barry. bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what Chuck Berry said. <laughs> Chop sandwiches, pork chop sandwiches. <laughs> Stop using my bathroom. Why does why does Chuck Berry sound like Torvo? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I 
I'm, the thing is, I'm I'm in a hotel room. And I'm shouting that out. I'm wondering if there's people walking by the door off there to hear me <laughs> yelling, "Stop using my bathroom!" <laughs> this guy's got problems. <laughs> like, All right, so Hughes was hitting the neck. Hey. <laughs> he was hitting the neck by a bouncer during the match, causing <laughs> a vert. <laughs> now we're gonna feel awful for laughing, causing a vertebral artery di- dissection that led to a subcranial hemorrhage. Sub sub that's subarachnoid and I've been waiting to say hit him right in the spider and you fucked up the the pronunciation I've been waiting for like 10 minutes oh Jesus Christ that's the kind of wit that Estelle Getty would have did you know she had a phobia about death this has been your Golden Girls update the more you know oh Jesus Christ Oh, my God. All right, where were we? Subarachnoid hemorrhage. That's your cue, Josh. <laughs> it's gone now. It's like Estelle Getty. Aww. Oh, Jesus Christ. Following his freak accident, Hughes was taken to a Sydney hospital where he underwent surgery, was placed into an induced coma, and held in ICU. He died on November 27th, having never regained consciousness three days before his 26th birthday. Oh, man. Funny shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Hugh Dog. Sorry to laugh at your expense. Well, this is going well. (laughs) (laughs) This is Spider. All right. All right. So. So I thought you meant. Okay, Spider. All right, so Mystery Science Theater 3000, fondly known as MST3K, uh, was a a show that originally started out on the TV station KTMA in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as we said, on November 24th, 1988. Initially, it starred a one Joel Hodgson as Joel Robinson. Hello. Character... Hello. <laughs> <laughs> the character was replaced by Mike Nelson, played by Michael Nelson. In the fifth season, uh, there's now a currently a revival um, on Netflix starring Jonah Ray as a test subject with Felicia Day and Patton Oswalt. Uh, so it started out in, by the company produced by Best Brains. It aired on the Comedy Channel, and then it moved on to Sci-Fi Channel, and it was finally canceled completely in August of 1999. Over 10 seasons, they shot 197 episodes and a feature film. In 95, there was a Mystery Science Theater Hour, was a 60-episode syndication. And in 2015, Joel Hodgson, that's your cue. Hello. (laughs) Led a crowdfunded revival of the series with 14 episodes in its first season and released it on Netflix on April 14th. Uh, Hodgson credits the movie Silent Running, a 1972 science fiction epic directed by Douglas Trumbull as the biggest direct influence on the show's concept. It's set in the future and centers on Bruce Dern, hello, who is the last crew member of a spaceship containing Earth's last surviving forests, and his companions consist only of three robot drones. So, and the idea of these, the idea of the silhouettes of, on the, um, in front of the movie theater was actually an idea that Joel Hodgson, hello, got from, uh, <laughs> The Goodbye Yellow Brick Road uh, album. There's a picture in there that has two silhouettes in front of the theater, and he got an idea off that. Hmm. So this Never stars. Where ideas are going to come from? Right. Stars Kevin Murphy as Tom Servo for 185 episodes. Jesus. Trace Bellew, who I think may be my father, <laughs> uh, as Crow T Robot, and um, Doctor Forrester. Jim Malone is Gypsy, and he was also one of the writers. Michael J. Nelson as Mike, and Frank Conniff as TV's Frank, and Joel Hodgson as Joel Robinson. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, so the show gained popularity after the fans started taping its episodes and gave them to their friends. In seasons two to four, a line at the end of the end credits says, keep circulating the tapes. Um, unfortunately, Best Brains got a lawyer, and the lawyer went, we should probably stop doing that because it's kind of some piracy. But that is how I first saw MST3K. I was like before it was, you know, 88, 90, that time when I first saw it. And it was like, hey, you know, somebody at school, hey, check out this movie. 
Yep. And then we Same started passing me. around. Yep. I didn't have cable. Passing so around the video. I saw it. Uh, yep. Uh, it, funny you should all say that. I was at a D&D game. And uh, after the game was wrapping up, one of the guys is like, dude, have you guys heard of this show called MST3K? And I'm like, what's that? So he goes and he gets a, TV, a recording off the TV, puts it Why in, and we watch it. talk like a bad after-school special when you were young. No, what's that? Because I was a bad after-school special <laughs> called Adam I, Peel. I actually never saw this until I saw the movie. So I had what? Never, yeah, this is the first time I actually watched a, an entire MST3K. Why is Pat not part of the Cool Kids Club this week? I don't know. I guess he just did because we watched it a lot in the dorms too. But I think we watched it a lot before Pat moved in with me when I was still a commuter mm. student. Pat, I am disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I've seen you know again. I've I've seen you know snippets here and there, but never really watched the whole thing. In between Golden Girls snippets. <laughs> yeah, that's what he would do. He'd just jump between Golden Girls. Yeah, still Getty, with Joel. Well, that's kind of like, ah, kind of funny. I would, I would like, uh, yes, watch something until commercials came on, and I would change channels, and I would forget what I was wa- originally watching. So I very rarely <laughs> watched the full anything. Patrick Whaley, a life told in snippets, an ADHD story. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Kevin Murphy, one of the writers, has said for every film used. 10 to 20 were screened and rejected, and for just over 200 episodes, they say they've watched over 2,000 films. So, in its first year, when it was a local show on KTMA, producers never got the rights to use the film shown, and for that re- reason, many of the early episodes cannot be rebroadcast. I don't know why they wouldn't try and get the... I mean, would have gotten the rights at, like, the height of the show, you know? They probably could I don't know, maybe they wouldn't... Maybe they wouldn't let them do it after, you know, at that point. They'd be like, hey, you made fun of our movies. Screw you. No such thing as bad publicity, right? Tell that to United. <laughs> Yikes! Touche. Did you see they? Did you see they killed a rabbit too? Killed Do they have rabbit. Elmer Fudd working for them? Killed a rabbit. The they the world's largest rabbit was supposed to be being transported from uh, Great Britain to the United States, and they died in their store, their cargo hold. Good news for the second biggest rabbit. He just moved up a notch. Yeah. So um. In an interview, Joel Hodgson said that he said that he had left the series due to creative differences with executive producer Jim Milan over a proposed film version of the series. Milan and Hodgson argued about who would direct it, and Hodgson felt that by leaving, the series could continue. Um, on KTMA, the riffs by Joel and his robots were completely improvised. After the move to Comedy Central, everything was scripted. The writers would watch the movie together twice to write the jokes, and in the scripts, each joke is timed to the second. See, I don't know if Pat could do that, seeing how much he loved, you know, Star Crash. Uh, on Comedy Central, the cast and crew had the freedom to choose whatever film they wanted and total creative control over their scripts. After they were canceled at Comedy Central and Sci-Fi picked them up, executives demanded only science fiction films. And every script had to go through the Network Standards and Practices Department, which is always known for being a fun-loving group of people, mm-hmm. which limited... Which words could be used? That's kind of sucks. Well, and they've definitely deviated from that format in the return. Definitely. I mean, it's no secret that their style of comedy is a huge impact on our show here. Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, not every joke lands, but they are hitting so often that someone is going to find every third or fourth joke funny, and when you're getting, like, four jokes a minute, you're laughing throughout the entire episode. Now, I might find something funny that Joel doesn't and vice versa. Like, I I don't Mm -hmm. laugh at nearly every joke in an MST3K, but I I probably laugh at something different than uh, you guys might. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) She's no Estelle Getty. Well, she's nervous now that she knows she's on the air. Oh, but um, but no, I agree with you. I mean, and that's the thing is like, like when you would initially show the show to somebody else, there were times that I would be, I mean, that I would just laugh my ass off at specific points, and it was that it was that awkward. This is a great scene. Why aren't you laughing? You know, didn't that kind of joke? But then you know, the thing is with their humor, it hit so wide that there were jokes that I didn't even realize and that, like, Josh would get and vice versa and that sort of thing. 
Well, and there's sometimes the, the jokes are very, very literate or super nerdy or so specific niche that only one person might get it. But other times it's just all out like stupidity that everybody gets it. And that's kind of what's fun about it is it, and it and it bears for repeat viewing, because if you've seen it and you're laughing through a part and you miss the next joke, you go back, you watch it again. There's always something new to kind of find, too. So it's got repeat viewability. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They hit on a bunch of levels from toilet humor to puns to really highbrow, like Joel says, stuff that only one person's going to get. Like a Beowulf joke. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I don't think it was ever conscious, but that is sort of the philosophy to comedy commentary that we have for this podcast. Yep. I like dick and fart jokes. We know, Joel. (laughs) Hello. So one of the big things that I remember was when Joel was replaced by Mike. That was a huge thing. Yeah. I was so. Yeah, I was I was torn up. You lie. <laughs> the the problem okay, the problem with this with this show is I really like the the humor like things that I've seen and and the the show that I I watched the the Monos Hands of Fate show. That's a pretty good I, one. I've heard it's so not... many things about that movie. I was like, "All right, let's check it out." I was going to say that that's Top top five for me from SDK. Yeah, so I, I watched that one and it was pretty good. There were several moments where it made me laugh really hard. So, I mean, but the problem for me is I, unlike many of you, do not enjoy watching horrible movies. And even with the, the funny lines from them, it's still just painful to watch like these horrible movies. I, I can't do the horrible movie night like you and Dennis, you know, and and, and all you guys that just, I don't know. Horrible music is fine. Well, that, it's done in like three minutes, but a movie is an hour and a half. Who listens to horrible music on purpose? Well, I, I'm the guy that has Boy, wo- Boy Wonder on my eyes. Boy iPhone. Wonder. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was pointing Pat out there, Greta. Oh, gotcha. Trying, Who's trying Greta? To... So, between Joel or Mike, which I guess you prefer on the back then? Hmm. I hope you're not asking me because I've never seen an episode with Mike. I'm, I'm definitely not asking you. You know, I well, nobody was answering, so I'm like, I'm like, I didn't I like, responding? I didn't like the change, but I think once I got used to Mike in the long run, I preferred him. Mike was Mike was good. I mean, there's just, just I think the ones with Joel were so much more ridiculous. Like the time that they attached them to uh, attached robots to slot cars. Do you remember that episode? I forget which movie it was, but it was like they were they had Crow and uh, Tom Servo were set up on these giant slot cars and they were racing around. And then the other one where they did the um, uh, what's the popcorn guy's name? Oh, Tom Servo? No, 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 no. Um, that was Gumball. The guy. He, he, well, yeah, no, no I knew he was a Gumball machine, but I, I thought Mike maybe thought he was a pop. No, who's the guy? Who's the guy? This, this is my popcorn. Orville we grow it. It's Orville. Yeah, the Orville Redenbacher commercial. How can I? How can I focus on get uh, increasing the strain of our ganga ganga wanga bong popcorn with? <laughs> Members of the weaker sex parading their bodies up and down in our corn. No, never saw that one. Okay, I'm just going to see it myself. What is right going here. on here? You had, to, you had to be there, Pat. You had to be there, Pat. I, yeah, I, I feel like I'm having a stroke. <laughs> All right, so so favorite classic episode. How about you guys? Well, I'm I'm going to go with Joel. By the way, that was my answer because the okay. name. Did you feel like it was you up there being punny? I, I did. Shut up, Pat. You went on it. Just me and Mike. This would be me if I was funny. <laughs> Dude. Joel is funny. We've been over this. Yeah, we have. All right, so favorite classic episode. <laughs> uh, the Final Sacrifice, hands down. With Rouse Dower. Rouse Dower, Rouse Dower, Zippity Poppity Rouse Dower. Oh my God, that episode. Hilarious. If what you've never it seen it, the final sacrifice. It's a Canadian cult movie about a a kid um, who who's uh, teams up with this guy named Zap Zap Rousedower, and he's this uh, mullet wearing, mustached man's man who asks a question at some point. Do they have beer on the sun? That's what <laughs> they do in the show. But anyway. And then there, there's this guy in a trench coat that talks really deep, and he has these cronies that wear wife beaters and um, 
ski masks and uh they're trying to raise this city um and i can't think of the name of the city all of a sudden but they're trying to raise this city up and it's like this cult thing and there's a there's a fight scene at the end with a uh grappling hook and oh jeez i forget what the other guy uses a grappling hook and a sword or something but yeah it's it's classic sounds amazing you you, you will laugh <laughs> your ass off if you're not if you the man of hand of fate that he was talking about that's another really good one or pod people but yeah final sacrifices balls what about you josh you know, the single biggest laugh I ever got was probably from uh, Godzilla versus Megalon. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, just when he's got the little kid, and they, they've been making cracks the whole time about the little kid being so excited he's peeing himself. And the one guy uh, just says, get this kid away from me. He smells like ammonia. <laughs> oh, that's when he's riding on the, yeah, he's riding on the back of uh, Jet Jaguar. Yep. That's a joke yeah. we've used several times. In our, in our personal lives. Yep, that's where it was from. Yeah. But my favorite overall episode uh, was Screaming Skull, for sure. Oh, that's another good one. I remember uh, that one. It's my, one of my the worst favorite. movies. Uh, but, yeah, it just got some of the best quotes. Like, no, nothing says complete horror like German Oompa music. <laughs> Gamera versus Gyrion is probably my favorite. Nice. The one that's got, with the monster that's got the Swiss Army head. Um, and I think the biggest laugh for me is it's one it's poorly dubbed and there's a there's a adult character in it that they that his name is Corn Job <laughs> and there's that has a tab Corn Job and there's that uh, there's the the two boys jump there like a spaceship lands they just jump into the spaceship and it flies off and their little sister chases after it and um, he goes the sister going brother brother and and Mike goes. There's too many of us dying. <laughs> For some reason, that one made me laugh. But that that one, and then come, let us tarry on the cheese couch. Kids' brains always taste better after they've after they've been thinking about donuts. I just I think what I like about it is that it's it's digging up all these old pseudo classic movies that you normally would never watch. You know, you get to learn to love these movies, not because the movies are good or because they're well-written, because there's so many riffs done on them that, you know, they, that you just wind up becoming a, becoming a favorite of yours. Yeah, I mean, it's got the kind you of sketch. You can't really watch the movie. It's got the kind of sketch comedy you'll find in, like, a uh, Sven Gulli. But I actually thought the little sketches were not as good as the running comedy that felt like improv, even though we now know it wasn't. Right, and that and that is the thing that I think. Well, it was improv at the do, beginning, right? Initially, yeah, and it's and initially, and you can tell there's definitely a change in the how how funny things are as the as the series goes on. Because initially, when they were just doing it on off, just off the cuff, it's not as, in my opinion, at least, it's not as funny as the later episodes where they actually work on writing out the jokes and presenting them. Well, there's a lot more dead spots when you're, when when improv is going on, and and you ha when you have time to craft everything, it's going to be obviously it's going to hit a lot harder and, and a lot more often. Because mm -hmm. that was that is one of the things that I'm not so. crazy about with with the, with the show is you know they they talk constant you know and and it's just something that they have to do when you, you know when you're not scripted because you never know what's going to land with people. Well, yeah, and that was, I, I think, one of the things that was the, one of the appeals to me is that they are talking constantly, and not all of it's funny, but because you've got so many jokes, only one out of four has to hit. Right. Right. But sometimes I, I think that's... Like you're, just, you're just talking for no reason, which, you know, we do as well, I guess, so. Yeah. Can't really complain too much about it. Yucca, yucca. Mm. Insert funny sound that would be on the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> all right what'd you guys think about forrester well they had they had, i i personally like dr forrester and tv's frank better than forrester's daughter i think it was uh, wow i couldn't disagree more but i'm gonna save that for when we talk about the now i don't want to get into comparisons well, no. third generation well no 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 i'm not i'm talking about 
Yes, not third third generation daughter. I'm talking about the the woman who played Forrester, another Forrester in the old then old one. Oh, okay. Remember I must she had have, the monkey, the guy in the monkey suit. I must have stopped watching by that point. Yeah, because oh. it wasn't old. Okay, I know what you're talking about. I was like, what are you talking about? Like Planet of the Apes. Yeah, there was a, there was a, yeah, yeah, and he had he had he looked like uh, Doctor Zaius. Yes. But that one, I mean, those were when the sketch, like the sketch comedy portion in between, that got the worst for me at that point. You know, Joel, not all eight people look alike. No, but this was definitely a Planet of the Apes mask. Don't be You're racist. You're an ape racist. <laughs> Don't be apist. <laughs> great babe, great babe. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 the longer the sketches got, that was the part that I kind of would tune out and be like, okay, what am I going to do now? Until the movie's back. Well, part of it was that there was a while they were under, um, not Comedy Central, but they were under Sci-Fi Channel. They wanted them to do like tra- they were supposed to. That's when they started doing the traveling around the universe thing. Because they remember they would be like, "Oh, hey, we're on this planet now. Oh no, it's the planet of cheese balls," <laughs> and that sort of thing. And they always they I don't know if that was one. I'm just pulling that out of my rear end. But they, um, man, they, they really started stretching there. Well, it's brought to you by the mental giants that decided to make sci-fi mostly pro wrestling and shark movies. Because that's sci-fi. Yeah, finally, sci-fi is back to science fiction. Like the last two, three years, they've actually trended back to their roots. Since they changed the name again? Yeah. Sci-fi. Yep. Sci-fi. Not everyone at once. Uh, You know, I I think I'm ready to go to the break because I'm kind of excited to talk about the return. I didn't really see enough episodes, obviously. I just saw the one. Well, can I just point out how simple a concept this is that has carried on for as long as it has is kind of impressive? Sure, yeah. Because how many people, well, since this, even more so, but at the, even before this was out, would do this at home. You know, they'd sit there and watch it and do that commentary, and they, probably they weren't as funny, but well, who we, knows? We actually uh, we had a promotion at one of the bars downtown at the Hang-Up on because thursday nights was the slow or wednesday nights was the slowest night and we did it for like uh two months in a row we would play a bad movie on a projector and three of us would sit there with microphones and make our wedding hmm. commentary jokes sinbad was the best one so Sin- sinbad the movie yeah oh i thought you like meant sinbad sinbad the there. no not sinbad the comedian no sinbad the movie we watched <laughs> like Shazam it, was me, it was me and other mike and and kevin that's not real Nice. That's the joke. <laughs> They're in Steam All right. So, when we come back, we're going to talk about the newly released MST3K. The return. Sound good? All no, right. I'm out. Okay. back and we're going to talk about the 2017 reboot recasting of MST3K. Uh this one came out what like, came out like a last couple week, weeks ago? Yeah. Week yeah, it's just been out a couple weeks. Um this one now has a one Felicia Day rare. as King of Forester. Very rare. Pat Pat Oswalt as Max, TV's son of TV's Frank. No one calls him that. <laughs> he kind of looks like him, though. It's a, it's a good matchup. I love Patton Oswalt. Uh, Jonah Ray as Jonah Jonah Heston, keeping with the let's just use our first name so we don't get confused while we're stoned at doing this. Yeah, I just love uh, the fact they've got so many of my favorite people in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Baron Vaughn as Tom Servo, Hampton Yount. As Crow T. Robot, Rebecca Hansen as Gypsy, Joel Hodgson as Artie, Tim Ryder, Bonehead, Zach Thompson, Bonehead number two, and Har Mar Superstar as the Skeleton Crew band leader. Hello. Yeah, and you guys have heard you guys have heard me talk about Har Mar Superstar. I'm a fan. I know who he is. Yeah, I mean he looks like John Lovett's little brother, but he sings like Sam Cooke. <laughs> yeah, he's really a talented gentleman. 
Yeah, yeah I recognize really the name, but I'm not familiar. Check out some of his videos, and it'll kind of blow you away a little bit. Well, you're not the boss of me. Okay, Pat, shut up. Don't check out his videos then. Well, I want to do it now if you're going to tell me no. Go watch I think I, uh, I think I enticed Joel into watching his videos by uh, telling him that Juliet Lewis was in one of them. Oh, that, that'll do it. He gets he gets um uh, other celebrities though in his in his videos, so he's got mm -hmm. quite the following. Very unassuming looking well, pudgy dude. Some of the trivia: the return of MST3K was fully funded by Kickstarter. Thank you, Kickstarter. Picked up by Netflix. And despite being the Netflix original series, the show is still done as if there were commercial breaks between segments. Um, one of the things that Joel actually talked about in the original uh, in the original show is that they needed the commercial breaks because it was kind of like a palate cleanser from all the jokes. That you needed a moment to kind of like, because you couldn't just non-stop rapid fire the jokes through the entire movie. And it let them cut up the movie a little bit. The jokes like suffer. One bad movie. The jokes do suffer. Like by the right. end of it, you're just like, you know, making poo jokes. Well, and that's the vignettes yeah. also help to do that too, because they're so kind of, I mean, they're they're entertaining at times, but they're so bad that it kind of offsets what's going on, and you get back into it, and it, it, it's a smart move. And I'm just gonna say, for this reboot, they have stepped up their sketch game. Well, they yeah, because originally they just were not that good. Well, plus as much as Doctor Forrester and Stevie's Frank were like the classic. I have loved Felicia Day, her work, all the way back since the first season of The Guild when she was doing that, and all the way through the current stuff with Geek and Sundry, of course, uh, oh, uh, Captain Dr. Hammer. Dr. Yeah, Horrible. Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Which is amazing. If you haven't seen it, you must, you should see it. That's Yeah, Joel, now that you are on the Felicia Day train, go check out Dr. Horrible. And Pat, I don't have to do anything you tell me, so shut up. You, you have to do this. You Chilling. really do. It is so good. Uh, if not for Felicia Day, you've also got uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris, yeah, and Nathan Fillion. It's a I great, think. it's a great cast and so much fun. It really, it's, it's, and it's so well done. Well, legitimately, I had no clue anything about Felicia Day until the first episode. I'm eight episodes deep, and I look forward to that intro every time she's on that little platform. And she's not even playing her typical role, which is like super awkward geeky girl. Yeah. I like her. But she's fantastic. I want to make out with her. I would I would kiss her face with my face if she would let me. I would kiss her face with your face. The, the face that you have or the face in the jar? Whichever she prefers. I could wa I could watch her make out with my jar face. <laughs> so Yikes, that that got dark. <laughs> And let it sit there. I was imagining a set, that scene in Sounds of the Lambs when they're in the storage unit. That's huh. what I was imagining. Hester, Hester Muffet. <laughs> I was imagining Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> Head in the jar surrounded by a bunch of socks. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, well, they, they've definitely tweaked the um the the segments in between the skits and taken what sometimes ran on far too long made them very brief much funnier that if you saw the episode i can't think of what the movie they were doing but they did the thing with the wallace sean the wallace sean movie that they oh my dinner with. with andre oh my god they 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 started out in one way and they took it another direction and it ended up being a wallace sean action movie <laughs> Okay, I'm definitely going to have to watch that. With wood cutouts of Wallace Shawn. I love the wood cutouts, dude. The Every Country Has a Monster song was awesome. Yes. That Reptilicus was, was brilliant. I, I did watch, that's that's the, the episode that I got to watch, Reptilicus. Oh, my God. I laughed, like, so hard. Like, the one where, where uh, they put the, the hat on the filing cabinet and um, the girl robot, I can't think of her name now. Um, she's like, now you're Mr. Filing Cabinet. Oh, uh, yeah. Gypsy? Yeah, Gypsy. Because she comes in for one joke, well, two jokes an episode. That was a pretty funny joke. We lose Mike again? That's what I was just going to ask. No, Mike's here. Oh. Okay. 
Mike, seriously, because I, I'm afraid to say anything because I just don't think it's as good. Oh. I watched um, Star Crash, the Star Crash episode. I, maybe I need to watch more, but it just seems very hey, fellow kids. I think you're looking through the nostalgia glasses. Not that the original wasn't great, but I, I, I'm almost afraid that nothing possibly could ever live up to the original for you. Well, yeah, because I watched it a lot. Yeah. To be honest, the Star Crash one was not the best of the eight I've seen so far. Okay, so if I'm gonna if I'm gonna watch, what's my next one to sell me over? Well, you should really watch Reptilicus for sure, um, just because it's the intro episode and it introduces the new characters, and it's darn hilarious. Yeah, it's got the Will Wheaton cameo. Yep, Will Wheaton, there's uh Jerry Seinfeld makes a cameo. Uh, actually, uh, uh, is it Joel or Mike that? Is in it. I know he writes and directs, but he makes a cameo. One of them. Now I'm drawing a blank. It's Mike. No, Joel. Damn it. I don't know. <laughs> Hello. Uh, the other one that I would recommend, uh, where is it? I'm going back through the list here. Cry Wilderness was, well, Time Travelers was hilarious too, and so was Avalanche. So the first four episodes. <laughs> You've got a Stallone when he got into Cry Wilderness. Only you and I have seen it. So if you didn't find that funny, nobody's going to laugh. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm seriously going to watch all of these now that I've started watching. I didn't realize that Pat Oswalt was involved in it. And he's one of my all-time favorites. So I'm with any, you. Anything with him in it, I will always give a chance. So I'm, and I and Felicia Day. I mean, hello. Come well, on. the two of their interaction is they're very very good together. Yeah, so it's got to be better than the old sketches because I mean, even towards the end of Hands of uh, Hands of Fate, I was ready to skip past whenever they started any of their sketch stuff. I was like, oh, let's just get to the movie. See, and the thing is, is that the the original, and because I went back and I watched some some of the original ones I hadn't seen since I've seen a lot of a lot of them, and the pacing is so much different, and of course, you know the the design is a little different. It it's just it's the same, but it's not, and it's just as good as as the current one. They're just different shows, even though it's the same concept. It's a yeah. reimagining. And yeah, I think if we're talking about strictly the gags going on in the movies, maybe I even give the edge to the original. But so much has been brought up for the other elements of the show, the the sketches, the whole rapper. I love the uh, Bonehead Band. The bon yes. Bonehead Band, I think, is pretty clever. I like I like the fact that she's got um, she's got minions now. Yeah, and the minions almost remind me a little bit of like a Conan O'Brien's band thing going. How they're coming playing us back in from commercial break. Mm -hmm. And it's and well, and that's they said they kept that for this son also because it was because she's because um, King is trying to sell the show, so they're trying to make it like a TV show. So you get that. I mean, you still get the break in between the jokes, but they want to keep that she's trying to produce a TV show and sell it to all these people. Like the, the one that I watched with the uh, star crash was the one with uh, Jerry Seinfeld as the, the, the business guy. I don't even know what he was, but it was, it was for that sketch was pretty funny, but I think that that was more funny because of uh, Seinfeld than it was because we should a, but the whole thing is a lot. I mean, the jokes are a bit more rapid fire. They're just as around uh, all over the board intelligence wise. Um, the whole thing mm -hmm. just is a bit more fine tuned, but it, I mean, you can you can tell it's more scripted, for sure. It's it's tighter, but there's there's not a, there's not any moments for dead space, right? And now and now the robots are like floating around, and Crow has legs, and Tom Servo floats through the screen for more visual oh. jokes now too. There's a great visual joke in Avalanche where Rock Hudson is in a, a jacuzzi and. His, the girl that he's with in the jacuzzi gets up and she's naked, and <laughs> he's got this remote control with these two flying saucers that cover her breasts and her butt when she moves. <laughs> oh, jeez, it's awesome. So I'm definitely gonna gonna watch more of these because, like I said, I wasn't completely looking forward to the show because I hadn't really, you know, watched a cool. whole lot of the other. Excuse me. <laughs> But I'm 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 convinced I'm going to watch some more of it. It makes me it's made me interested in watching more of the original. It's just the whole you, 
watching bad movies. I just don't I don't get into it. But the jokes are pretty funny. You just completely blanked out on me there. Um okay. I me like new show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll show up on the recording. Yeah. I heard never it. know. Um I was also impressed with the fact that while there was a lot of hey, let's make sure we date this to this time and place. Jokes about Twitter and Instagram. They also reach back to jokes that you only get if you're deep into like 1980s bad movie uh, pop culture. You'll get these hmm. jokes that someone would get if they were like 14 now and ones that you're not going to get unless you're like in your 40s. Well, and even in, I was kind of referencing this in the, the then segment, but in the episode that I just watched last night, uh, The Many Loves of Hercules, or The Loves of Hercules, the last, like, five minutes of them are them just singing the, the closing credits of the movie. Because in the movie, there's this, like, there's this, like, this choral uh, music of people, like, going, Aah! and so all of them are singing it. They don't even really end the show. They just cut back to them, you know, in the spaceship singing, and then it cuts to Kanga and Patton Oswalt singing, and everybody's going out going, oh, and there's, it's just funny because it keeps going and going and going. And Felicia Day speaks. <laughs> I'm in. And chickadee China, the Chinese chicken. <laughs> I fell out. It was like, really? Middle of a musical number, they're dropping a bare naked ladies reference. I am all in. Yeah. It's definitely good writing on this show. Well, I mean, they definitely, Joel and Mike are Hello. still writing for it. So they must have had. You know, they've got plenty of time to hone their skills, and now they have the assistance of Netflix doing this also. And Netflix is pretty good about letting the artists do what they do. Well, and if you watch the closing credits, the, the writing, the cast of writers is like, there's like 15 people writing for it. And and what's cool is that they, when they were normally doing, like when they during the, um, like the Comedy Central time in this, my understanding is that they, they're still doing it, everybody has to vote on the jokes. So if you crack a joke and everybody just kind of looks at you, then that one's not getting through. So you have to – but it is quality entertainment. You can definitely make sure – Uh-oh. <laughs> I think Crow got him. <laughs> I need closure on that anecdote. And they found that this <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, man. You can definitely make sure – that's that's good radio right there. <laughs> I had another point to make. <laughs> I'm not sure if he can't be heard or if we can't be heard. Right. I don't know what's going on right now. We're just stuck in this nebula. Yeah, uh, I'm I oh, can't hear you have the time to There he is. This internet fucking sucks. <laughs> Whack. All right. So Josh, you were making a point? Uh, I think that's uh, Joel. Joel's got something to say. Oh, the only other thing I really had to say about it is that the thing that I, I really appreciate appreciate about the return, not over the original, but just about the, the reboot, is everybody involved wants to be involved with it. I mean, they the people that all jumped on board were people that wanted to make the show, and I think that shows through in the episodes. Nobody's phoning it in. Exactly. They all want to be there. They're all having a good time, and everybody's committed to making it the best that they can make it. And the robots look better, too. <laughs> they look the same. No, they like straightened up, and, and like um, Tom Servo's arms actually look semi-functional now. Things like that. The robots are vicious, man. Because, I mean, his, some Tom Servo's arms in the original look like, you know, like he's like a Vietnam veteran or something. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All of the references you could have gone with. <laughs> right. A, a, a quadriplegic T-Rex? Better. All right. Sorry to offend any T-Rex <laughs> listeners out there. Just members of the paleontological... Pale Damn it. My joke won't work. <laughs> Never mind. Mike will fix that in post. No, he won't. It's a no, subarachnoid fracture. <laughs> Time to go purchase a girlfriend. <laughs> All right, so it sounds like uh, while we may not all agree that uh, the uh, on the quality of the original at the same level, it sounds like we're all thumbs up on both. Is that at least accurate? 
I am. Uh, you know what? I, I yeah. think I unfairly judged the original, so I'm going to go ahead and give it a thumbs up based on how many times I laughed. He's flip-flopping. He's leaving the boy in the well. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a big thumbs up on both. Yeah, I have. I think I need to more watch more of the more, more of the new ones, and I can probably give a good thumbs up on that one. Because it seems like I, just watching the one that I saw, I don't think I got enough of a taste of them. Pretty soon and, he'll be sending his love down the well, though. And as much as I love Star Crash, <laughs> the, they didn't do it as good a justice as I was hoping for, honestly. Out of all the episodes I've seen. I don't know if I want to watch Star Crash again, even with commentary. It's going to make me mad. You, that's that's the problem with that I have with MST3K. I just get mad watching the bad movies. I'm like, why did people pay to do this? How do they not know this is awful? And I get worked up. All right. <laughs> you get worked up over a lot of things. I do, yeah. Yeah, That's I, I got problems. At least that's what my mom says. All right. <laughs> Shut up, Ma. Okay, so, um, <laughs> yeah. If uh, you'd like to give us a little bit of listener feedback, you, know, you can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Right. Looking for our older stuff? That's on uh, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe. And uh, don't think we ever came up with what we're doing next week. Oh, crap. So it's going to be a surprise. Surprise! <laughs> oh, didn't we say commercials? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we say yeah, we're going to do uh, commercials then and now. Yeah, we just forgot to write it in the show notes. Commercials. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and may all your Tom Servos have floppy Vietnam arms. <laughs> Hello. Adam 12, out. He doesn't have a chunk of meat stuck in his throat. <laughs> but, I'm, not making, I'm not making either one of those phone calls, just FYI. I'm not calling anybody's <laughs> sister to say, oh, yeah, Jonathan's in the ER because he ate a metric ton of Rice Krispie treats. <laughs> and his body, is, he, and he's now, he now looks like Augustus Gloop. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 